Welcome to the Expert Speak Podcast with Michael DeLon. Each episode features a leading expert who shares helpful insights, practical tips, and memorable stories that will inspire you, educate you, and help you enjoy more success, freedom, and purpose in your life. For the next few minutes, enjoy listening to Expert Speak with Michael DeLon. And welcome to another episode of Experts Speak. I'm Michael Ballon. Today, I'm talking with Wes Barefoot. And Wes, well, first of all, thanks for um, squeezing me into your calendar. Appreciate that. Sure. Happy to do it. Happy to be here. Well, I'm happy that you're here, too, because we're going to be talking about something that's really important to my heart, and that's freedom through business. And um, Wes helps entrepreneurs achieve that in a fun way. So we want to talk about that. But as we get into that, Wes, first of all, let's just kick it off by saying, asking how, how in the world did you get to doing what you do today? Yeah. So, so real quick, uh, I'm, I know we'll get into it more, but what I do today, I work as a franchise consultant. So I help, you know, either existing entrepreneurs that are looking to scale or aspiring entrepreneurs, um, you know, first and foremost, understand franchise ownership, the the yeah. pros and the cons of, you know, leveraging a franchise business model to get into business for themselves versus one of the many other options that are out there for business ownership. Um, So have a process that I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about, have relationships with hundreds of different franchise brands. So ultimately, I'm able to help match people up with brands that, you know, really meet the criteria that, you know, we discover is, is most important to them in the process that I take people through. So how did I get to that? Um, kind of a, a long story, but I'll I'll do my best to condense it here. Um, and it's really fascinating because, you know, being in franchising for most of my professional career now, you meet a lot of other amazing people in franchising. They all have a story. The one common thread with almost everyone I know and work with in franchising is that nobody set out to get into franchising. Everyone has some funky story of how they kind of fell backwards into franchising, but it's a, it's an amazing, you know, world. It's an amazing ecosystem once you get into it. So very few people leave franchising once they, they do get into it. So anyways, my story is no different kind of fell backwards into it. I worked for, you know, a big fortune 500 company for a few years out of college, you know, took a stab at climbing the corporate ladder, figured out pretty quickly that that probably wasn't the the best direction for me to go in. So just by happenstance, I met a couple of guys that had founded a company here in Wilmington, North Carolina, where me and my family live. And they had started franchising their business a few years before I met them. And lo and behold, their business was not a food business, which at the time for me, if you would have mentioned franchising, I would have thought, oh, you're talking about like food businesses or gas stations or or something along those lines. So this was completely different, completely outside of anything related to food. It, you know, was a small growing company. It had more of that startup feel. I, I really got along with the founders. So I went to work for them, not knowing anything about franchising and pretty quickly got into a franchise sales and development role with this company. Okay. So now I'm the guy talking to people all over the country that were evaluating this business as an opportunity for themselves in their local market. So very quickly had to learn, you know, the ins and outs of franchise development, which if done right is really not a sales process. It's a mutual evaluation where the franchise brand is evaluating the prospective franchisee and vice versa. And 
essentially just working to figure out, you know, is there a partnership here that that makes sense? So those were very, very valuable lessons for me early on in my career in franchising. To fast forward a little bit to, to speed this up, I, you know, helped them grow that to a national brand that opened doors for me to go work for a couple of other franchise brands in the same capacity, you know, helping them grow their their franchise base across the country. And, you know, so all along the way, I'm helping other people get into business. And my wife and I were starting a family. She was working in the pharmaceutical sales industry. We were both, you know, gamefully employed, doing pretty well, but, you know, kind of felt like something was missing, especially with all these interactions that I'm having with other people that were, you know, as I've come to call it now, kind of charting their own path to freedom. And they were doing it through owning their own businesses, not working for someone else in their business. So, um, what I can now say was a, a gigantic blessing in disguise. My wife got laid off from her pharmaceutical job. Uh, she was actually out on maternity leave with our, our first daughter. Um, wow. you know, it was one of these big restructurings, right? They, they laid off like, you know, half of the sales force across the country. So scary in the moment, but opened a door for us, I think sooner than, you know, we may have walked through it on our own right. otherwise, but just so happened the franchise company I was working for at the time, you know, was a fantastic business, you know, required far less capital than than many franchise businesses do. We were in our late 20s at the time. We didn't have, you know, a ton of resources. So, you know, if we were going to do something, you know, the startup costs had to be relatively low. Um, and it was just the type of business that I could really see my wife thriving in. And so, we ended up becoming franchisees for, you know, our local market, Wilmington, North Carolina, as well as Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. That was almost six years ago. You know, we still have that business today. It's a, you know, multi-million dollar business. We've since become franchisees with another brand. And, um, you know, I parlayed all of that experience into now my consulting business where I help other people, again, understand franchise ownership and then we have a very structured process that we work through to get clear on what's most important to them. And I can use that information to help introduce them to brands that are, are going to be likely to, to be a fit for what they're looking for. So I know that was was kind of uh, a, a long explanation, but. It was, but it's good. I appreciate that, especially the ending part there to know that you are a franchisee yeah. or franchise. Yeah. You are one. And you help other people understand if this is the right step for them. And I think that adds a lot of credibility and integrity yeah. to, to, to what you do. So how do you – no, before we say how, what's going through the mindset of somebody before they even reach out to you, whether they're – let's just say they're already an entrepreneur because that's my audience, right? They've got yeah. a business of some nature, but they're thinking about what is this franchise thing? Do I sell my business and buy that? Do I – how do I – what's going on in their mindset? Yeah, it, you know, it could really vary. But if we're talking about the the established entrepreneur, uh, you know, what their motivation for exploring franchise ownership could be, could be a number of things, right? It could be the industry they're in is really changed. So they're looking to maybe get out of that, make a pivot, get into something else. What I see more commonly, though, is just, you know, business owners looking to expand and to keep growing their you know, quote unquote, empire or their portfolio of businesses. And, you know, the way the vast majority of franchise businesses are structured, they're they're really designed to scale. You know, most franchises are not meant to be 
what I would call owner operator businesses, especially for the long term, right? Sure, some of them as the owner, you need to, you know, be pretty involved in the day to day in the beginning. But, you know, over time, they're really designed to scale. And without getting too into the weeds of how the franchise model works, that's where these franchisors make their money, right? Is through having franchise owners that are continuously growing and scaling their business over time. Because as a franchisee, you pay a royalty, right? Which is typically a percentage of your total revenue. Mm-hmm. Most franchisors don't really make money off of the fees that you pay up front to become a franchisee. Right. Their their bread and butter is in the royalties, right? So it's in their best interest to, you know, number one, have a model that can scale, but number two, you know, have systems and processes and support that's going to help their franchisees scale and and do it at a faster rate. So a lot of the entrepreneurs that I've worked with that have already successfully built their own business, their attraction to franchising is that they can very likely get something else ramped up much quicker. Um, I've always found it very interesting working with established entrepreneurs because I think they fully appreciate the value that a really good franchise system brings to the table because they've already done it without that level of support before. Whereas, you know, your first time business owner, they, they appreciate the value, right. But they haven't gone through the grind of, of doing everything themselves. So I don't think it, it fully resonates. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting. There, there's a, 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 a drive-through coffee shop that's came to little rock and I saw one, and now I see like six being built. And then another city, there are four. And I'm like, all right, somebody either has really, really, really deep pockets or there's a franchise model going here. I don't, yeah. I assume it's the second one, but I don't know. But is, it's it, is it called scooters? It's not. It's not. No? It's okay. uh, yeah, seven. It, okay. Three. It's very, very likely a franchise, but could very likely be one owner that right. that owns well, all of those locations and, in Arkansas. Yeah, or, and or that's, Little Rock. I've got a friend who just bought into a franchise for an ice cream shop and he's bringing them in, right? They're not here, but they bring, and he'll have three or four locations. And yeah. it's because he's a successful entrepreneur somewhere else and he's using this as an investment, really. He's an entrepreneur, yeah. but it's an investment. So it's, it's not just, I want to switch. I mean, I've got another friend who just sold a, an auto, automotive repair shop, had it for 20 mm-hmm. years. Well, what's he doing now? Well, he could easily pivot in at a franchise as part of retirement income or growth. Or, I mean, the, the opportunities are endless, really, when you think about the uh, a turnkey operation in a yeah. sense, which is kind of what you're buying, right? Yeah, it's it's turnkey in, in a sense, right? I mean, no one's one of the things that bothers me a little bit, I guess, about some of the people out there doing the type of consulting I do is I don't think they're setting very realistic expectations for, you know, what's required to be successful in a franchise. It's not a passive investment, right? We're not talking about putting money in the stock market and, you know, hoping you see a good return. It's not as passive as real estate in most cases. It is turnkey in a lot of ways, but there's absolutely no replacement for the work that has to be done. So from, from the franchise owner's perspective, that work really entails understanding the systems and processes that the franchisor has already developed yeah. and then being able to execute on those things, right? And and actually understanding all of the support that's available to them and, and leveraging that support, right? So 
and most of these franchises, again, you know, the goal is scalability. So franchisors are not really looking for franchisees that, you know, want to be on the front lines of the business, right? So your buddy bringing the, the ice cream shop, yeah. you know, he may do a little bit of it in the beginning, just so he has that experience. But if he's in there serving ice cream every single day, he's not following the model that the franchisor has developed. They won't experience entrepreneurs or a lot of people that have had success in the corporate world, right? Building and managing teams do really, really well as franchisees because they're able to take and leverage all of that experience and now do it for a business that they're building completely for themselves. So there's there's definitely work that has to be yeah. done. But you know, if we're talking to the existing business owner, there's there's different what I call ownership profiles out there with, with different types of franchises. So there are franchises that, you know, really the, the, the franchise owner probably needs to have the bandwidth to be involved in a full-time basis for the first year, at least. Mm -hmm. Right. That being said, there's other franchise models that I refer to as executive ownership models where they're really looking for the seasoned business owner, you know, the C-level executive from, you know, uh, the, the corporate world that can come in. And a lot of cases, you know, if you have a job or another business, you don't have to sacrifice wow. any of that to get into the, if, if it's the right type of franchise, um, most of your time as an owner is going to be spent on, you know, building the team in the beginning. And again, leveraging the franchisor's support to do that. Most franchisors these days provide a lot of good support when it comes to recruiting and, and training, you know, right. the staff that's needed. Um, and then it's looking at the metrics, right? Looking at the KPIs, it's, you know, the big picture activities that, you know, the owner's time should, should primarily be spent on. So um, there's a lot of great opportunities out there for someone else that already has other income streams and doesn't yeah. necessarily want to walk away from those. Um, it could be, you know, a really, really interesting avenue to explore. Yeah. And it's really the other aspect for me is, you know, I'm looking at my business and going, okay, in four to six years, I'm going to transition to my son, who's my chief operating officer right now. Mm -hmm. He's going to become CEO. We're going to have a team and I'm going to be more of that real high level in my business going, okay, now what's next? Right. I've got, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I got a bunch of things, but maybe a franchise, who knows? Now here's my thing. Great. If I even think about a franchise, how, where where do I go? Where's the phone book for franchises, right? Well, I think it's Wes. Well, I, right? Yeah. Where? So look, there's there's different ways you can go about it, right? I, I would use the analogy of if you want to start shopping for houses, right? I mean, you could spend countless hours Googling, looking at listings online. You're going to get very surface level information when you do that, right? And you're, you're certainly not going to get the, the full uh, you know, picture or story, uh, you may not even have success getting in touch with someone else that can really give you more information on that. Or you can work with a real estate agent, talk to them about what you're really looking for. Um, and then they can go out and bring you back options. So, you know, you could compare what I do to, to, you know, essentially a real estate agent for franchising. But, you know, we do a lot of work on the front end before, I ever talk about any specific brands to, to someone that I'm working with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if I start throwing random franchise brands in front of you in a first or second meeting, I'm just throwing stuff at the wall and, and right. hoping something sticks for me to really add value. You know, we spend hours and hours and hours on the front end going through, you know, a very structured process. That process is all about 
you know, first and foremost, helping the individual I'm working with get yeah. clear on what their goals really are. Because sometimes people haven't maybe put as much thought into that as, as you would think. Right. So we get clear on these things. You know, there's a lot of education happening as we're going through this process. But, you know, it's me understanding what's most important to them. We really spend a lot of time in the beginning on, you know, what does that prospective franchisee want their day-to-day -to, -day to look like, right? So this is where if I'm talking to someone else that has two or three other businesses, like I need to understand, you know, what is your typical day? What is your typical week look like? What are the things that that really get you excited in your businesses? What are the things you excel at? What are the things that you would really prefer not to have to do and that you can Man. delegate? So we kind of, you know, define this ideal role for them as a franchise owner. And that gives me really good direction in terms of what types of brands may or may not be a fit because the role of the owner will look very different from one type of franchise business to the next. So us getting clear on all of those things is what then puts me in a position to come back and make some intelligent recommendations specifically for the individual I'm working with. Cause I've seen it so often, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years now, the right franchise for me, not necessarily going to be the right franchise for you, your buddy's ice cream franchise, probably not the right franchise for me doesn't mean it's a bad business, but it's it's a very personalized thing. And so, you know, the process of identifying these potential franchises for you should be, you know, looked at through your own personal lens. Yeah, well, that's good. And, and another friend was going was wanting to bring a different ice cream shop to town, right? And they did the research, called the company, got samples, all that and realized the franchise for Little Rock was already owned by a different franchisees in another city. And he wasn't willing to give it up. And I'm like, yeah. how much time, effort, energy and stuff did you did you put into that to to get a no, there's no way? Right, versus... which is one of the first steps that, that you know, I or any good franchise consultant would go through before recommending any specific brands. Because to your point, most franchises do have some sort of a protected territory model, right? Yeah. And they do that because they don't want their franchisees feeling like they're competing against each other. One of the the tremendous values of being part of a good franchise is the collaboration with other franchisees, and th there's just so many ways that that a franchisee can get value from being part of this larger ecosystem with other owners in the same business. So they don't want their franchisees feeling like they're competing with each other. So they sell protected territories. The territories will look different depending on the type of business that you're in, but. Um, I always would confirm territory availability for the areas of interest. If there's not good territory availability, we're just eliminating that brand as, as an option. Cause it's to your point, you can sink a lot of time and then find out it's not even an option unless you want to move or something. Yeah. And get really excited about it. Say, man, this is awesome. We're going to do this. Yeah, no, we're not. So, yep. Uh, yep. And, and gosh, we don't, we do that all the time. It's deflating. So, it well, it, it really is. And, we don't want that because the future of freedom in your life, if if you're a business owner and you're really serious about freedom, you know, we Wes and I talked before this podcast about the e-myth, Michael Gerber. And the I mean, mm -hmm. we just both love that book and we we really live by it. And uh, I think a franchise model is really cool because they 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 have the systems in place. They have the model. You come in and you model those systems. And you can add your own personality to different things, I'm sure, but there's a level of, no, this is how we do things here, but it's proven. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about if, if you can start a business 
I've been doing my business for 11 years, right? It was never yeah. proven. I had to make it. I had yeah. to reiterate it. Franchising is not that way because if you get the right one, it's a proven model. You jump into it, follow the model, and guess what? You're probably going to be successful and find that freedom that you're looking for. Is that kind of what you find, Wes? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Look, there's there's different types of franchises out there. And, and look, I will be the first person to admit, I mean, there's usually at any given time, some 4,000 franchise opportunities in the U.S. at any oh, given yeah. time. Look, franchising is no different than anything else in this world. They're not all created equally, right? There are plenty of franchises out there that I would not invest in. I would not recommend to someone else invest in either because it's not yet proven or the support does not justify the expense. You know, one of the initial pushbacks that a lot of people have to just the idea of franchising is, oh, so I've got to pay money up front to become a franchisee. And then they're going to take a percentage of my revenue on an ongoing basis. Well, yes, but if you're researching these franchises the right way, it's a pretty, pretty straightforward formula that you're looking at. You need to understand what does it cost me to become a franchisee, but what do I get in exchange for that, right? The value exchange should be greater than what it costs you, right? So that's protected territory, sits on your balance sheet as an asset, right? That's the training, the system, the support, the ramp up time. You should feel pretty confident that this franchise is going to help you get this business up and running and cash flowing quicker than if you said, hey, I'm going to do this business, but build it from scratch, right? So there's that opportunity cost, right? If it costs me 50K in franchise fees, but I'm up and running in four months instead of 12 months, like I'm probably going to recoup those franchise fees in that eight month gap, right? So then you need to understand, all right, what are the ongoing fees? What is it going to cost me on an ongoing basis to be a franchisee? One of the brands we own, we pay 7% of our, our total revenue. We do about two and a half million a year in that business. So 7% is nothing to sneeze at, right? right? We build a very custom product that we install in people's homes. Because we're a part of that franchise, our product costs are at least 15% less than if I was in the same business and sourcing the products from a third party. So even with my 7% royalty, I'm coming out minimum 8% better net. And that's not even talking about training, software, technology, branding, marketing, the list goes on. So those types of opportunities are absolutely out there. But on the flip side of that, there's franchises where you're probably going to be hard pressed to, to so clearly see the value exchange. So that's, you know, a good example of how I'm coaching people to, to do yeah. the research. Um, but yes, if it's a proven model and if the franchise is built the right way to really support the franchisees, absolutely. You know, you, you should have a lot of confidence that you can be successful, but there's, there's some inward reflection too, right? I mentioned yeah. earlier, we spend a lot of time, you know, really kind of crafting what is this ideal role for you as a business owner look at look like? Where I see a lot of people, and I'll try to make this quick because I know we're we're coming up on time, but where I see a lot of people get this wrong, right? When they're, you know, looking at different franchises, is they start with the widget, right? Mm, yeah. I'll use I'll use uh New York pizza as an example because I've heard this so many times, right? You, you guys are in Arkansas, right? I don't know what the pizza scene looks like in Arkansas, but let's say someone says, I love New York style pizza, but man, we just don't have enough of that here in, in Little Rock. So I'm going to open a New York style pizza place and bring it to Little Rock. Well, that's great. There may be a huge need for 
New York style pizza there in Little Rock. But if that person didn't really think through the ins and outs of, you know, what's going to be required of them to successfully run a pizza business, franchise or not, if they didn't really think through, all right, what is my day to day going to look like? And does that play to my strengths, my skill sets, my interest? How's that going to mesh with my lifestyle goals? That's where I see people get this wrong, uh, even when it's a franchise, right? So if we if we go through the process that I have in place, we pretty dramatically increase the likelihood that not only are you getting into a franchise with a proven model and great support, but you're getting into one that's a really good fit for you. And it aligns with what you're really trying to, to cultivate your life to look like, because any of these businesses are really just a vehicle, you know, to, to help you build the type of life that you want. Amen. And amen. Preach it there, brother. Um, but that's so true. And, and I was just, I was just sitting here thinking that all the more reason to reach out to Wes, because he, he not only can find you a franchise. Yeah. Y- yippee skippy. He can find you the right one. He can talk to you about, is this even the right step for you? Because you may yeah. that goal setting process, those first two or three calls figure out, yeah, this really isn't in line with what you're really wanting to accomplish. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. I, I look at it. I always look at it as time well spent. If, you know, I work with someone and because of the work we do, they realize either, you know, business ownership or franchise ownership is not right for them, or yeah. maybe the timing's not right. You know, I had a guy just a couple of months ago sign franchise agreements and we initially connected over four years ago. Yeah. Right. But the time wasn't right. Um, you know, he had some other things going on. He reached back out once he felt the timing was better. So, um, my services are completely free, um, to the individuals that I work with. So there's, there's no cost. It does take some time. It is an investment of time if we're going to do this the right way. But other than that, there's no cost. There's certainly no obligation, right? It doesn't hurt my feelings if someone doesn't go on to, to buy a franchise. Again, I look at it as a win if, if, you know, through the work we do, they realize it's not the right time or, or the right direction for them. Uh, it saves them a lot of time, money, and and probably headaches. Um, I get paid by the franchise companies if and when I introduce them to someone that goes on to become a franchisee. So um, anyways, that's that's kind of how how it works. And this is the way I look at at my business. I have 20 minutes for anyone that is just genuinely interested in learning more. Even if it goes nowhere beyond that first conversation, um, I've got at least 20 minutes for anyone that just wants to learn more about it and and uh, you know chat about franchising. If you can't tell, I kind of nerd out on this stuff. I love it. I love it. I love interviewing nerds, man. Because it's it's so helpful sometimes. Just a 20 minute conversation, you can get a lot cleared up in your head and go. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe in the future, or yeah, yeah, no way in God's green earth am I ever going down that path. That's cool. We love yeah. Wes and I. We're, we're like we're very similar in lots of ways as, I, as I've been listening because, yeah, I do the same thing with marketing. It's like let's talk for a minute or two. I can tell you a lot and and discern very quickly if we should even take a second step. Yeah, yeah, and bring clarity to you and what you're thinking about maybe doing. But I loved your real estate example. Looking at houses online, Realtor.com, whatever, uh, whatever, or Zillow, or calling the realtor. Who knows? Yeah. West is that is that person who can really understand this uh, this franchise because he is one, and he works to help people, business owner, or not to find the right franchise for them if it is the right next step. Well, and, and a lot of the folks like me that are somewhat on the inside, 
you know, we know about franchises that are up and coming that you're not going to find online. Like right. most of the the big brand names that we all know and recognize as franchises, like if it's that big of a brand name, guess what? Yeah. They don't have any territory left. It's probably not an option unless you're buying it from an existing franchisee, which people do all the time and could be an option, but you're, you're definitely paying a premium uh, in that regard. And, and it's a very different look taking over an existing business versus, you know, building one yourself. So yeah. um, that's, that's another piece of the value there is we, we keep our ear pretty close to the ground on, you know, yeah. what's, what's happening with some of these up and coming brands. Awesome. All right, Wes, man, you, you've added tons of value. How do, if somebody's out there and there and you just kind of um, scratch that itch and said, okay, I got, I need some more information. Yeah. How do they, how do they find you? What's the best way? Yeah, yeah. Love, love to talk with anyone that's interested. Best way to get in touch is uh, one of two ways. Uh, shoot me an email. It's just Wes at path, the number two FRDM. I'll get you links yep. so you can put in the show notes because yep. it's kind of kind of confusing to say. And then my website is just path to freedom.com. So again, path, the number two FRDM.com. Got some free resources up there. Uh, I host a podcast as well. We talk a lot about franchising, but as I was telling Michael before the show, it's not just about franchising. It's about creating freedom for yourself and you know using business ownership as a component of doing that. So you know, my wife and I invest in real estate. I talk to all types of successful entrepreneurs that are not necessarily in franchising, but a lot of good information on on franchising as well. And that's just the Path to Freedom podcast. I'll get you links to that as well, but it's out there on, on any of the podcast platforms. But send me an email, fill out the form on the website. We'll set up a, a quick introductory call and that's probably the easiest way. Awesome. I'm going to capture all that in the show notes, by the way. So if you're driving right now, if you're exercising, whatever, um, and this is intriguing to you, just go to the show notes. You're going to have all those links uh, to connect with uh, Wes Barefoot. And he can just have that 20 minute conversation, no obligation, no cost. Pick his brain. He's, he's yeah. got a lot of information in there that, that can just spill out, have the conversation, see if this might be a model to help you find freedom in business and life through franchising. Wes, man, thank you. This has been really, really in, um, intriguing. And thanks for adding value. Thanks for being uh, my guest today. Happy to do it. Thanks for creating the platform for uh, people like me to, to come on and share what we know. Absolutely, buddy. Thanks for listening to Expert Speak with Michael DeLon. If what you've heard today was helpful to you, reach out to our expert guest and see how they can serve you to bring you more success, freedom, and purpose in your life.